you are good. And then this morning, Lord, we want to make sure we understand you are light. And there's nothing that we can do that you cannot see, have not been revealed. You're never caught by surprise. You are light. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. Well, as we get started then, uh, John 1, 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. In other words, you are a liar. <laughs> when I was younger, they, the guy would say, when he couldn't have a, a better bill character, you are a soup-to-soup -soup liar. I don't know what that meant, but he, he wanted to really emphasize, you are a sure-enough liar. Well, we, we go on then in, in a brief review. Last week, we learned that God is good. Not that he does good things. But this very, his very essence, nature, is good. Um, and, it's, and it's important that that sinks down into our savvy, that we say God is good. Regardless of what you see, Satan will distract us, and we'll start feeling sorry for ourselves, and even overwhelmed if we don't say God is good. Why do you think that Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord? The Lord give it. The Lord take it. Blessed, God is good. See, and so we go on. Then there is no one else that can be uh, that can be qualified as good. Only God is good. Be careful about laboring people. Oh, that's a good man. No, he's not. Only God is good. That's a nice person. Watch how you use the word good, because that only is prescribed for God. The revelation of God should give us a better understanding of the standards that we have been called through the blood of Jesus Christ. Understanding this could cause us to, one, what? Trust him. Number two, rest in him. Number three, praise him. Number four, number five, understand this. We are to trust him, rest in him, praise him, live for him. And properly represent him. I don't care where we are or who's confronted us. There's never a time that we uh, should step down from who we are. Because we represent the king at all times. There's never a time that God permits us to step outside of who we are in Christ. Uh, everybody with me so far? Clarifying our thoughts for this morning. We come to another fact about God which is very important that must become a major part of our thinking. The first one is God is good. The process and the way of life. And God is what? Light. And this kind of took this out here. Barnes Note puts it this way. Light in scripture is the emblem of purity, truth, knowledge, prosperity, and happiness. As darkness is to the opposite, John here says that God is light or false, not the light of or, or a light, but light itself. That is, he is himself all light, 
and is the source and fountain of light in all the worlds. He is perfectly pure without any mixture of sin at all. God is light. There's never a time that he smiles at a dirty joke. There's never a time. He's always light. And so when it says, there's a song, walk in the light. God says, I want you, when, if you know that I'm light. He says, if your position is because I'm good, then I want you to walk in the light. And I want you to understand something. When you walk in the light, that means you're walking in the light of who I am and what I see. And you never go by what you think or how you feel. And I don't care how smart the world say they are. The wisdom of man is what? The foolishness with God. God says that's foolishness, what they're thinking. So that when it comes down to light, God said, God is light. I praise the Lord for that, that thought. We go on. Our outline will be two major things we need to hear, understand, and apply this morning. One is a God-inspired report. A God-inspired report. The second thing is an insightful application. Um, now, what we mean by God-inspired report, we'll go to scriptures, we'll look at the scriptures, we'll go through the scriptures, and then we're going to do a case study. See, we can do all of that in one morning. <laughs> but I want to show you, number one, the fact is or establishes that God is light, and then take you to a case study where they're going to test light in a different type of setting. And God teaches us how to operate in things like, uh, things like that. Okay, so let's get started. The God-inspired report. John 1.1, 1, 1, we all know the verses. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it. And have testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was in the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. Indeed our fellowship is with our Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy... It shouldn't be, in this word, our, you find in your scripture, should be your joy. We write these things so that your joy may be complete. So the reason we're writing this, that your, your joy will be complete, that your joy will be mature, that your joy will not be stimulated from the outside, but stimulated from the inside, what you know about God. So that's the reason that we're writing First John. I'm right, I'm right now constantly the couple who have been married for 17 years, serious problem, very serious problems. We finally got to the bottom of what the problem was, that they, uh, number one, did not trust one another for 17 years. And now how do we restruct, reconstruct this thing? No my assignment was to them. You're going to read, we're going to read through 1 John. You should see the change that's happening in this couple's life as they're reading first John and as we go through first John with them they're beginning to see first not what their problem is 
but who God is. Remember, the, but no, we, we think about what Nevisha said about God is sovereign. God is light. And you see, if we walk in the light, you see, then there should be no darkness in us. So all of the words and the husband who used to come in, we have met now for about four uh, four or five times, the husband would come in and throw dagger words at, at the wife and always putting the wife down. That particular night, he did real good, real good down to the last, almost down to the last few minutes, and then he threw a dagger. I said, brother, well, you're going to have to turn your knives in before you come in the door here. Because I'm sure that was a dagger flying across that room. And that's not permitted in our counseling session. You know that. And he started laughing. I said, I'm going to check everybody when they come through the door. No daggers if we're getting into the word of God. No daggers at one another because you're going to respect a person's personhood. Because if we say we walk in the light, then we may as well act like we're walking in the light. If you're not walking in light, either you're ignorant or you are rebellious. And my question is, why are you rebellious? See? Looks like it's, uh, kind of, get it going there, okay. All right. All right, we're, we're getting back on, on, on track here. Ready? Um. Okay. Okay. There. Let's go to the next one. The personal or witness. Notice the pro pronouns. We. Us. Our. You see that? You see that? These were the words that he used. What we have seen and we. These are the pronouns that he used. We have seen it. We are a witness to the fact that the God is light. We are. We are. And then us. Our, you see, the purpose for sharing. Those things that are necessary for your joy to be complete. So the reason I've, I've done it is the purpose of, of sharing was not for our joy. We, we, we're already uh, walking on cloud nine. We're writing this so that your joy will be complete. If you read First John and understand First John, I don't care how many times you go through it, I would challenge you to read it numerous times. The more you read it, the more you understand who Jesus is, how you should walk in the light, the greater your joy will be in the Lord. So let's move from the philosophy stage to the living stage. If you move out of the philosophy stage, you won't have attitudes and all these other things when people act crazy around you. Okay? All right. So we're gone. The specific lifestyle that flows with the will of God. Number one, this is a message which we heard from the, from the claim, proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no what? So the specific lifestyle. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I was looking on the, the media, and um, it was a, a real heartbreak to see this happen, but they had this uh, pastor who had been preaching for years, and... Um, and now he had to step down because of molestation. Um, I mean, this is, but, I, but see, uh, there's, there's a number of pastors that are doing a number of things. And God says, I'm light. And guess what? He will embarrass you in front of everybody if you don't get your act together. But if we walk in the light, get this now, as who? He is in the light. We have what? Fellowship. Fellowship. 
We're in the same ship. We're fellows in the same ship with him. When we go through the storms, we're in the same ship. When the, when the, sun, when the sun is shining, we're in the same ship. We have fellowship with him, with God. If we say we have no sin, who do we receive? deceive? Ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a what? Liar. And his word is not in us. Now, I said all of this because since I said there was two parts, I wanted to make sure that I get you out of here on time. So I think that, I hope that we, and I, I know I move pretty fast through this, but I hope that we all understand then God is light. Not only is he light, you find in First John that he's, he is God. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is God. And if we're going to have fellowship with him, he says, we have to make up our mind how we're going to live. Not tomorrow, today. Make up your mind what you're going to walk with the Lord. You cannot have um, uh, anger and bitterness and all these other things going on in your life and expect God to be pleased with us. So it's very important that we do that. Now let's go into a storyline, uh, an insightful application. We'll do some reading here, and so here we go. But Jesus went into uh, the Mount of Olives, and you probably know the story. And early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. And he said to him, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Here's leadership, the Pharisees, the Pharisees and, and the scribes. We caught her. Oh, boy. They're really vigilant, aren't they? Goes on. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This whole thing is flawed. This they said to test him, that they may have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his fingers on the ground. And as he continued to ask, they continued to ask him, he stood up. Now, the first thing, he bent down. See that? And then he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and rolled on the ground. Did you notice he didn't argue with them? Then when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up. See the verb there? He, <laughs> he bent down. He stood up. He bent down. He stood up, okay, and, and the woman, and were, uh, and, uh, to the woman, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, 
And from now on, sin no more. The religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, experts of the law of Moses. Let's do a little examination. Let's go back. We'll take them apart. These are the participants. These are the guys who, when it comes down to really knowing God's law, they know their stuff. They've been to the school. They have their degrees. People depend on them. These are individuals who are above the same ranks of those when it comes down to writing the law. Translations. The scribes. The Pharisees' interpretations and, and the teachings. These guys were on top of the game. These guys were well known and well respected. So my question is, why are they in a the position of arresting somebody? No question always comes to my mind. The woman caught in the very act of adultery, but not the man. Now, now grant you, the woman was wrong. Are we all in agreement with that? But all have sinned and come short of the what? The whole thing was a sin problem. Adultery was a sin. Whether she was caught in adultery, the thing was, why was she in adultery in the first place? Not the fact that you're being caught. Why were you in adultery in the first place? You were guilty in the first place. But that's not the problem that you were caught in adultery. The mere fact was you disobeyed God in the first place. That's why you were in adultery. Because you just proved, and in doing that, you already violated the scripture. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And when you decided not to do it, you let the emotions get, uh, get in, into play. And you had a relationship with a man outside of marriage, uh, in, in another marriage. And now you're caught. Yes, you are wrong. And this describes, because of how wrong they are, who caught you. This is a big mess. Because the scribes set you up. Not because you are a sinner. Not because you violated the law, which they knew. They did all of that to trap Jesus. They stepped over the law. Stepped over the offense. The woman ceased to be a person. Listen carefully. They would rather see a woman die and burn in hell forever just to prove a point or put Jesus down. They, these people are dangerous. And they would lay aside all of their training to make that happen. This is a serious situation. And all Jesus showed up to do was a Bible study. <laughs> and these folks wanted to take him out. The religious leaders, scribes, Pharisees, experts at the law, the woman caught, they carefully crafted a question that needed no further interpretation but loaded with evil intentions. The law of Moses, the word of God. And so I, I put up this scripture. 
These, these are the scriptures that you you own. These are the only scriptures you probably find. This is what this is, the law of Moses, which is the word of God. It says, here are the scriptures, Lord. And and it says, here's what it says. Okay, well, then let's go, let's go back, fact check. Let's see what the fact check says, okay? Fact number one. If a man commits adultery with a wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and adulteress shall surely be put to death. Then that, that, that's what the law says, right? Uh, matter of fact, it didn't say anything about stoning. Matter of fact, stoning was not even mentioned in the law. So I don't know why they had stones. So once they put to death, the fact is that here's what it said. So to reinforce it now, the Jews are getting ready to go into the land, but Deuteronomy, the book of remembrance, re rehearsed it with them again. It says, listen to this. If a man is found living with the wife of another man, both of them shall die. The man who laid with the woman and the woman, so you shall purge the evil from Israel. Here's the purpose. Each time you find this, you say, if the man, if a man, then say, if a woman, said, if a man. But they got, we got this woman who were caught in the very act. I mean, those guys, not after the act, they, she was caught in the very act. In other words, she's show enough guilty, Lord. Wow. Now, before I give the full, for a full response, here's what they asked. What do you say? That's one of the dumbest questions a person can ask. If God's word said it, it does not matter what Jesus said. It should be consistent, wouldn't it? You have the law of Moses. Jesus come to fulfill the law. He says, here's what the law is, which they misquoted. Okay. And then they say, now, what do you say? We can learn something from Jesus at this point. Those of us who are in the word, I want to help you here. Here, this has survived me in, uh, on, on college campus and dealing with some of the guys who, 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 are, who are labeled or call themselves really smart. Number one, I have always purpose. If I'm going to ever uh, talk with a person, I stay with the word. What, I, what did I say? Do what? As long as you stay in the word, the next thing is don't go where they are. What does it say? Don't get into the arguments. See, they got all type of, um, you know, the technicians when Anderson, they have all the type of uh, little um, mice traps and everything else to stick you. So don't, don't go in there, you know. Don't go in there. So then what happened is this. Jesus Christ did not enter or talk to them about the law of Moses or that they were wrong. Did you notice what did, didn't happen? I'm not going to argue with you guys about what's wrong. I'm not going to argue about the fact that you got it wrong. We're not going to go into all those details. Matter of fact, I'm not going to say a word. He said, watch this, watch this, watch this, okay? So here's, here he goes. He bent down and wrote. 
That, that's all he did. Just, um, he said, what do you say, Lord? And he, he just bent down and started writing. The scribes and the Pharisees and all of them, from the oldest to the youngest, they're looking. And then he stands up. That's the next thing that happens. He stood up and spoke. Now he, st he, he stands up and speaks and says, Now, any of you who are without sin, let him cast the first stone. Okay. Now, at this point, here's what we call, um, uh, how can I put it? Um, the cover up. What is it? The cover up. They have it with the police department. Uh, they have it with, uh, with the doctors. They have, uh, there's a number of professions and everything else. In other words, there are some things they'll condemn you for, but they won't talk. What they do among themselves, they don't talk about. Okay. Uh, there's, matter of fact, um, this part of station identification, I was uh, with a pastor, and he, before he be, uh, became a pastor, he set in one of the meetings, and I got to get the name of the medicine, where one of the pharmaceutical companies were talking about this medicine and what it does to a person. Now, while they sat there, they said, they determined that these people, what this, this will do to the people, they said, let it go out anyway because the amount of suits that will come up will not be compared to the amount of money that we will receive. He said, I, we sat there. He was a, he's a, a manager. And he said, and this pastor, if I can get the name, I'll ask him what the name of that medicine is because it's out, it's out there right now. He says, they said, let it go. Keep quiet. We know it's wrong, but until we're caught, and if we are caught, we'll pay for those who are the victims of it. Cover up. It says, now, he that is without sin. Now, the Pharisees and, you know, <laughs> and the scribes, now, these guys with all this, quote, uh, writing scripture and everything, they knew each other. And he says, you cast the first stone. That's all you had to do. You had to argue with me. Let's forget. Let's say, lay aside Moses for just a little minute here. Just throw the stone. If you think she's guilty and you're acting within the law and you love God, then quit, quit talking and throw the stone. Then after he said that, the Bible says the next thing he did was what? He bent down. Start writing again. And as he was writing this time, from the oldest to the youngest, they quietly walked out. Because if one of them threw the stone, the other would say, hey, you throwing a stone? I, I, I know what you did. I know you're not throwing a stone. No, you didn't throw that stone. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, so then you throwing a stone at this woman? And so one by one, they dropped the stone. said, from the oldest to the youngest. Not a, not a, get this now. This is not a renegade gate, a great, uh, gate crowd. This is scribes and Pharisees, education and um, and religious folks. These are the folks who broke up a Bible study 
drag this woman in to take this woman down. What do you say, Jesus? But Jesus being the light of the world. So let me click this. Let me click the light on here. If you are without sin, I got the flashlight on. Now, if you're without sin, just throw the stone. And so he bent down, and by that time, they all, they all got out of there. Then the, what was the next thing he did? He what? He, he stood up, and then he spoke. He spoke to the woman and says, uh, is there anyone here to, who that could condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. And he said, neither do I. The merciful release, but with a stern warning. Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. The Lord Jesus showed in this case scenario, you want to see light working in a dark situation? People who are in sin get caught. Religious leaders who are uh, uh, undercover and sinning are trying to justify themselves. But God showed up at the right time. And if God had not shown up at that time, I don't know whether this woman ever got saved. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. I just know one thing. This was a God moment for this woman. She violated the law. She was wrong. And she should have died. Both she and the man. But Jesus said to her. You know what? The Lord keeps it personal. Jesus said to her. Neither do I. They don't, if there's no one to condemn you. Let me tell you something. Neither do I. The great I am. Neither do I. Do I, God in the flesh, condemn you? You are not being held accountable for the things that you have done all the way up to this point. You are forgiven. He said, now. He said, listen carefully. He said, watch this. He said, now go and sin no more. And the Lord says, I want this recorded in Scripture. I want you to understand that God is a merciful God. In this passage of Scripture, you see that, number one, he's a good God, isn't he? <laughs> Showed up at the right time, did the right thing, you know, showed out, okay? <laughs> then he's a God of light, exposed those even in the highest level of education and religion, and show them that there were a bunch of vipers, and yet show tremendous mercy. And so when we talk about becoming like Jesus, he says, we have fellowship with him when we walk in the light as he is in the light. Are you condemning and there's some things in your own life you're still holding on to? Really? Really? Are there some things that God told you to release and you haven't? One last thing. 
Walking in the light will keep us balanced. Let's read it together. What is it? Uh, completely obedient, compassionate in our response to others, sound in our thinking from God's kingdom principles instead of the world's value system. Come as we become skilled at casting all our cares upon him. Compassionate about the souls that need to know Christ as their Savior. Driven in a lifestyle of continued praise for God is and our worship with him. Strong in the word, completely obedient, compassionate in our response, sound in our thinking from, from God's kingdom principles instead of the world's value system, calm as we become skilled at casting all our cares upon him, compassionate about the souls that need to know Christ as their Savior, driven in a lifestyle of continued praise for our God is who our God is and our relationship with him. As we close this morning, God is good. Thank him for his goodness. God is light. Walk in the light. Amen. And if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're struggling in the walk, it says that the Holy Spirit, who, who is our paraclete, one who walks alongside of us, he will convict us of our sins. And if we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, to our young folks, I want to emphasize this. I cannot overemphasize this. If you want a balanced life, you don't need a book. If you remember these three circles and understand the dynamics of it, you'll be right on target. Number one, God is good. Don't you ever forget that God is good. Therefore, when things go wrong, you learn how to say in your soul, God is good. And then as you walk on in life with all your friends saying different things, if it doesn't line up with the word, then you are to walk in the light because you have fellow and you have fellowship. You're in the same ship with him. You have fellowship with him. And if you're not walking in the, in the light and you say you're walking in the light, the Bible says you are a liar. Stop it. Then the next thing we'll go to is God is love. These three circles covers everything. Everything. It absorbs everything. We know that we are passed from death to life because we what? Love the brothers. So as we close this morning, I trust that somehow God has spoken to your heart that God is light and that you say, Lord, I want you to be the light of my life. I mean, I really want to walk in that light. Did you notice this? Jesus Christ says, ye are what? the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. First, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. 
Then he turns around and says, ye are the light of the world. And that you are, and, and, and guess what? Your candles should, if, should, if a candle's on the hill, it should not be covered by a bushel. It should be there and to let it shine. This little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to what? Let it shine. And when your light shine, they won't pat you on the back. They'll glorify God. Don't get hung up over that. It belongs to God in a way. So as we close in prayer, Father God, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for their patience and listening. I pray, Lord, that we understand deep down in our souls. When the storms come, you're good. When things are great, you're good. Whatever our Lord you have taught us to say, it is well with our souls. And now, Lord, it's us. It says, I want Jesus to walk with me so that we can walk in the light, the beautiful light, that we may glorify you, knowing that you're good. And may they see in our life Jesus Christ actively operating in the things we do, think, and say. Great is your faithfulness. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. Holding nothing, I surrender.